Hello and welcome to the Gagan Press, part of the 90 Min Podcast Network. My name is Andrew Headspeeth. Over the next half an hour or so, we're talking all things Liverpool FC, unfortunately, I guess. Uh, with me, as always, is my topest of top reds. It is, of course, Mr. Alex Purdy. How are you, sir? Deflated. weekend? Yeah, very deflated. <laughs> Again, sort of like two months in a row I've been deflated now, which is great. Did that ruin your Valentine's Day? Um, yeah, I did, yeah. <laughs> Good. And uh, also with me, of course, is uh, the wonderful Emma Sanders. How are you, Emma? Better Valentine's Day than Purds? Yeah, I'm trying to be positive. We, we've just had a discussion before recording, and I've decided that from today, Monday motivation, positive vibes, it'll probably last for about 20 seconds, but I'm going to start the pod right. So I'm, I was going to say, have you seen the first question? I mean, yeah, it's going to go downhill quite quickly here. Uh, and well, I'm sorry we had to get him on for this week of all weeks, but it seems like there is no good week to get special guests on at the moment. But uh, you know him from YouTube and from 90 Min's channel as well. It is, of course, uh, Rambo. How are you, sir? I'm good. Uh, seeing as Emma's just said positive vibes, I'm going to say, let's just stay positive because I've seen the first question and I know it's not going to last. <laughs> um, yeah, it's a slippery slope today, but let's have it. <laughs> let's have it indeed. Uh, Leicester 3, Liverpool 1. I mean, for the first 75 minutes or so, that was a pretty good performance. I'd say Liverpool actually played well. I mean, let's go to you, Rambo. What did you make of that? How do you explain that result? I really thought, as as I see as I'm the guest, you're going to go to someone else. <laughs> um, it was bizarre. It was. I, I tweeted saying Liverpool have gone from mentality giants to men, men, like mentally frail. Um, we played so well for 75 minutes. Leicester did what they do against us, and as expected, their game plan was expected. But then Allison, of all people, like Mr. Cool, to to make these errors back to back weeks, which I'm sure we're going to talk about, and I actually don't think it's completely his error. Um, I just, I honestly can't explain it. It's got to that stage where, like Alex said, it's been two months we've been like this. And now I'm to the point where I'm thinking, this is just this season for everyone bar Man City. Every single team is going through this. We just did, I guess we just didn't think we were going to go through it, which is why it's a bit like, wait, hold on a minute. Are we still going through this? Um, but yeah, it was a bizarre game. Um, yeah. And I, you know what sums up the game for me? Um when Alisson comes to kick it and hits Kabak, how does it hit both of them and still end up at Vardy's feet? <laughs> like I was like, yeah, our look's gone. Like that could go anywhere, but it goes right to the the one man you don't want it to go to via two deflections. Bizarre, honestly, bizarre. I mean, even physics is against us at this point now. That's how bad it's got. Uh, Perds, what did I mean? What did you make of that? I mean, talking on the mentality monsters point, sort. Trent Alexander-Arnold coming out after the game, and he seemed to be hinting that their confidence was just shot, and they they just couldn't get it back after that after that equaliser. Essentially, I mean, what did you make of that performance? Well, I actually thought we were back for the first seventy-five minutes. I thought, look, we we showed attacking intent, we looked confident. I thought the goal was always going to come, which I hadn't thought for two months, as I said, um, and it did. And I thought, oh, sick, we're going to grind out a one-nil like we used to. And then you know VAR. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna do it. But you know, they they got an equaliser. No, 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 no. no, no. Can't be what, did you, what did you think of that equaliser? <laughs> yeah, well, VAR. On. You know, apparently it was the line was drawn on Firmino's foot, but his shadow. That's what I saw on Twitter. That might just be you know top reds claiming stuff that I haven't seen. But it was a shambles to be honest. Um, but we shouldn't let our heads drop like that. It was. I've not seen it from us before where we've capitulated that badly. Like the games we've lost so far, we've been bad throughout. But this was just a 15 minute spell where we collapsed. 
can't explain it. Yeah. Emma, does that kind of make it... Is that... I don't know whether it gives me, like, sort of hope and encouragement, the fact that Liverpool did actually sort of play well. It got a goal from open play. I mean, we don't see those very often anymore. <laughs> and just playing well for, like, the first 75 minutes. But that, in, the, in a way, does that even make it worse then, just how quickly things fell apart? Yeah, potentially, because I, I think I've said <laughs> this so far this season, because I think... We have put in some, you know, some fairly decent performances for moments in games. You know, like we spoke about this after the Manchester United FA Cup defeat. And, you know, there was parts of that performance where we were going, yeah, that's encouraging. Maybe we can build from this. And then we we just didn't. And it, I think it's, it's, it's a problem now where everything is going against us. VAR, luck, injuries, you know, the mentality is just absolutely sharp. Confidence is gone. So I think it's sometimes harder to change that. It's harder to get yourself out of that mindset than perhaps it is to, you know, just do the simple stuff and just play the football. Because for 75 minutes, we showed that the team can still play football. That isn't a problem. It's not about the personnel. Yes, there's injuries. So obviously we're not going to be at the same level as we were last season, but we're still good enough to be qualifying for the top four. But it's, Mm. you have to change that mindset and you have to try and find luck from somewhere quickly otherwise the challenge is going to get a lot harder very quickly what happened to be positive uh, yeah you said <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah that that collapsed quicker than liverpool really, <laughs> i mean you said do the simple stuff well that probably doesn't involve like sprinting out 20 yards and colliding with the yeah. debutante center back does it rambo no. you mentioned you hit it just before that you didn't think it was entirely allison's fault do you want to expand on that a little bit yeah i think um like I, I've, what I tried to do after was subtract the defender out of the situation and think <laughs> Allison's coming to clear that out. Obviously, he's done it time and time again. And I actually think his what he was doing was correct. His application was wrong because the ball's probably going to beat Kabak. I, I mean, Kabak was trying to do a one. Do you think? Yeah, I think I wasn't convinced by the way Kabak went over. Like when I watched it in slow mo, I wasn't entirely convinced he had complete control over what was going to happen when the ball landed to him. It was a little bit. Um, like he realised it was going past him, and he was just reacting. Um, so I think if 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 he's not there, Allison clears it out. Now the issue Allison had there is, and which is what Klopp said as well, he didn't shout, which is like the most basic thing to do as a keeper is shout. And he is a really shouty keeper. I mean, he's he's beautiful, which is completely a different topic. But um, he he <laughs> he, he has he is absolutely stunning. Um, I've stood next to him and I've actually gone. You are like a lot better looking than me, to be honest. Um, <laughs> I was going to I was going to bring this up actually for Valentine's Day. Who is the best looking red? But to be honest, it is just Allison, isn't it? There's it not is really Allison. Much of a, yeah, yeah. Much of a he's, competition. Yeah, he's paying. He's paying. Um, Virgil for me, but anyway, he smells good. <laughs> he smells really good. Um, but yeah, no, well, Virgil I think, smells good. Oh, he smells Hang amazing. On, actually, smells amazing. <laughs> like his hands smell amazing. I haven't smelled his hands. What I'm saying is, when he lifted his hand up in front of me, I was like. Your hand smells really good. Yeah, <laughs> so like, why yeah. does your hand smell like that? Um, what, did it, yeah, no, what did it smell like? What was the what was the vibe? I don't know. You know, have you ever watched uh, Wizard of Oz? You must have watched Wizard of Oz. Do <laughs> so, you know yeah, when? Um, so. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Do you I'm know when Dorothy? Going going? Hold on, yeah. hold on. Wait for it. Wait for it. <laughs> Do you know when Dorothy walks through the fields and she collapses because it smells so good she falls asleep? Do you remember that? Is that why she claps it? Yeah. yeah. Come that. on, man. I watched it the other day. I don't know why. Um, wow. <laughs> that's exactly what Virgil smells like. Theresa like. May, like, running through the fields things going on in my head yeah. now. No, 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 no. <laughs> Rain it back to 1963, was the boss. Um, but yeah, no. Anyway. <laughs> um, yeah, Alison, I, I think... 
I think he's in. He's he's done the right. He's made the right choice. I mean, we've never questioned that choice for so many weeks. He did it against City a couple of times as well, and weeks before that. But it's just the fact he didn't shout, and you've got a new defender there who's not going to command it, obviously. Um, and then I think there's a bit of luck involved. So, yeah, I I think people laying into Allison were pretty correct. But at the same time, I think if you look at the situation, I don't. I'm not convinced Kabak gets it cleared either. I agree. To be honest with it, yeah. If that's if. You know, if Kabak's not there, Alisson just comes out and clears that fine. And he's used to doing that maybe with Fabinho, Van Dijk, Gomez in front of him. But when it is a debutant centre-back, you've got to be better with communication there because that is just it's Sunday league stuff, isn't it, Emma? Yeah, I completely agree with you. And I actually think Alisson, as the senior person in that back line, probably needs to adapt his way of playing and just be a little bit more attuned to the fact that he is playing with different players, with a debutant, with you know, a midfielder turned into a defender, whatever, whoever is in that back line, I just think he perhaps needs to think, right, let's just be a little bit more basic here. You know, like his mistakes the other week, I would have just said, look, this is one of those incidents where you just get rid of it because you're playing with players who who aren't used to passing the ball around at the back together as a unit. So, you know, that's one of those, one of those incidents where I just think, yeah, just get out of the pitch. And this week was probably another one of those where, Perhaps Alisson, as like I say, as a senior figure, probably just needs to have a little think and, and go. Yeah, maybe this isn't the time to to do this um, on this occasion. But it's hindsight's a wonderful thing. We can all sit here and say he shouldn't have done this, he shouldn't have done that. But for somebody who's been playing at that sort of top level with so much confidence, it's so hard for him to just switch off and do what he normally does. So I I just think it's it's one of those situations where unfortunately. The fact that I think what was that, our 17th centre-back pairing of the season so far, mistakes are going to happen. And I think the hardest thing now um, and the most important thing now is is for just everyone to just learn how to forget about those mistakes and expect them to happen because they are. And that's it. Like, like that's, that's the simple truth of it. But the quicker they get over it, the easier it'll be. It's mad because he made a decent save like... You know, moment a really good save, point Incredible. blank as well. Moments after yeah. that, yeah, yeah. But I mean, the damage was already done. I mean, Purds, would you say he's he's almost trying too hard in these situations, especially with what happened to in Man at Man City the other week as well? Is it just a case of maybe he needs to sort of ease back a little bit? And I don't know because he's done it. He's done it so many times where he comes rushing out and he's he's even dinked like oncoming attackers and we clip it up and it's like, oh my god, he's amazing. But then when someone gets in the way of him that he's never played with before. It's immediately his fault. Now, I was going to shout down anyone who said it was Alisson's fault because I thought he must have shouted, but Rambo's just enlightened me to the fact that he didn't. So... I don't think he did. Watching it back, it just yeah. does, it just looks yeah. like a classic communication. So, well, I, I just thought he Jürgen must have Klopp shouted. Jürgen was quite open about that, wasn't okay. he? In his, press, yeah, in his post-match, yeah. he, he said that that was what disappointed him, was that there was there was no shout at all. Okay, well, that's, that's the game-changer then. If he shouts, it's Kabak's fault. He didn't, so it's his fault. It's yeah. the weird thing was um, a moment. Well, the, when the second goal ha- happens or the third goal, sorry, Allison's actually kicked it to Leicester. I don't know if, if like, it, like he had two moments in the space. Of, yeah. So he, he he makes the save, and I'm like, ah, oh, thank God, that little kick was just random. And then a second later, he comes rushing <laughs> out to the edge of the box where he could have picked it up and kicks it straight to a Leicester player. And I was like, ah, oh, God, something's happening here. Like, if Mr. Cool is having this issue, because he is very chilled, when that happens, like, a moment after he's just made them saves, I'm just thinking his his confidence is gone. Like, keepers don't do them things at such quick succession. It reminds me of the old, like, 
no disrespect to previous keepers Liverpool have had, but we've had keepers who've made unbelievable, there you go, have had unbelievable moments and then a moment later done something absolutely bonkers. So, um, yeah, it, it's weird. But if there's anything that symbolises what we're going through right now, it's probably the fact that one of the coolest characters in our team is almost having this, like, mental breakdown on the pitch after having such yeah. a solid spell. He actually played pretty well in the first half as well, so it's weird. It's weird, man. It is. I mean, Perds is, is the problem that Ozan Kabak needs to smell better so that Alisson can recognise him <laughs> when he runs out. Well, no, because then it will pass out, like the Wizard of Oz. Oh, yeah, true. <laughs> so I don't want that. Yeah, need to find a happy medium. Um, obviously, after the game, there was uh, Klopp out trending, which just seems to be like... I don't even know how it's you exhausting. explain that at the moment. It's, it is exhausting, Emma. That's exactly what it is. But is there... If you take the wider context of everything and the very sad news of everything that happened with, with Klopp's mum as well last week, is there any sort of chance that you can see Klopp wanting to walk away from this situation, maybe at the end of the season? Or is this just something to uh, to get through? I mean, I'll go to you on that, on your thoughts on that, Emma. Yeah, it's a load of rubbish. It's not happening. <laughs> I mean, if, if, if Klopp walks... Good, let's move then, on. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's, nah, it's not happening. I mean, I, I think I would love to see him take a little bit of time away from the camera just to give him, himself a little bit of space. Maybe, you know, allow some of his other staff members to step in and do a couple of press conferences for a few weeks just so he's got a bit of time to grieve and have a bit more time either side of, you know, the day-to-day match day preparation um, just for his own personal health. Um but other than that, look, I think I think Klopp is absolutely fine. He loves this club. He's got a project he's working on. He's not the type of man to just walk away um, because you know because a tough season has happened. No, of course not. If if Liverpool and Jurgen think look, there's somebody better place to come in and do a better job, then Jurgen would happily, I'm sure, um, for the love of the club and for the sake of the club, say yeah, that's fine. But there is nobody better out there at all than Jurgen Klopp for this football club right now. And he knows that, and the club know that, so that's it. End of it. It's 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 just not happening. <laughs> yeah, Rambo, you're nodding pretty furiously. Yeah, I mean, it's just Twitter football, isn't it? Like, yeah, some some yeah. geezer pulls up a WhatsApp message, and everyone goes, "Oh my God, it's Klopp." I'm like, "No, it's not, man." Like, like I could have literally mm-hmm. sent that text off my mum, who sits downstairs, to myself and put it on Twitter. Like, I I personally don't see it happening. Um, but like Emma said, I think for Klopp's own personal health. And I think this is almost a bit of a catch-22 for him because he's always been a man who's come out and said, like, I'll defend my players and I'll take everything on the front foot myself. And I'll t- well, we've played like that under him as well. I think for, for this first for the first time I've seen in his career, I think it's time for him to just take a bit of a back seat because obviously we're, we're not playing well as well. So when you put them two things together, and I don't blame any journalists at all, but he's going to get asked difficult questions. And you can tell that I've never seen... He's never been like this when he's been at Dortmund. He is... So, furious at many things in life and he's upset about many things at life so he is snapping a little bit and just the the climate and the way social media is the second he snaps people are like he's this that and the other and he's the worst person in the world and blah 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 Um, I think on the on the larger topic for for football fans who are saying we want Klopp out whether Liverpool or non-Liverpool he's good for the Premier League like the the standard of the Premier League with Pep and Klopp there has has vastly improved because you have two incredibly elite managers. I wish for him to yeah. go. You're basically going here, Man City. Here you go. Have the league for the next three years until Pep goes. Like, it just makes no sense to me. I, I understand rivalry. I completely understand rivalry. But when Sir Alex was at the top at United, um, 
albeit a very small part of me was like, please leave, mate. I really need a break. But at the same time, I was like, you are what makes the Premier League elite and it makes everyone want to compete against each other. You take one of them people out, it's just everything just falls to pot. But I think he just needs a break, man. Like The guy's going through a lot at the moment. Aside from football, um, aside from Liverpool's results, he's going through a lot in his personal life and he needs to allow someone else to do press conferences or interviews and things um, and just sit on the back burners a little bit. Yeah, some things are obviously a lot more important than football. Um, well, sticking on, on Klopp then, Perds, after the match, in the post-match press conference, he conceded the title. I mean, that, that clip that did the rounds on Twitter was a little bit taken out of context. I think it sort of made it look like he was a bit more despondent than he actually was. Um, but is it still significant? What What are Liverpool's realistic hopes for the season now? Is it about consolidating top four or making sure we get in the top four is that is that where we're at now yeah definitely top four but what what's the context on the clip then because I thought he was just on the edge of tears because of that question no well I've seen people like James Pearson and others who were actually in the press conference saying that it was more just that he was kind of exasperated with it because he's asked he's been asked these questions before and last week as well he said as much that Liverpool weren't in the title race and I think just the way the clip is framed, it kind of looks like he's almost on the verge of tears. But in reality, he isn't. But again, I'm not, I haven't seen yeah. the, the full context of it, of that either. Yeah. Okay. Then yeah. Obviously, it's top four, and we knew that anyway. Um, and I think we will get there. There's, there's still so many games left, and it's been a month and a half mm. of bad form, like a season's nine months. I guess I can't remember. Um, so a month and a half out of that is actually quite insignificant and I think we can turn it around pretty quickly or at least I hope so um, and I think you can just see by that question how much it actually means to Klopp so he's definitely not going to leave and I'm glad that our fans the real fans not the Twitter fans the real fans put up that banner outside Anfield with Jurgen Klopp you'll never walk alone because that's that's what actually we think that's what top reds think yeah <laughs> yeah that was a <laughs> that was a lovely touch really um Emma, I'll go to you then. There's been a lot of talk, obviously, about, about the amount of injuries, the VAR, everything else that's happened this season. Well, let's, let's say particularly the injuries. Um, and a lot of rival fans will throw that back in, in Liverpool's fans' faces and say that it's an excuse. But where do you draw the line between excuses and just genuine explanations, really? Because it, it's, it's basically an objective fact that if Liverpool hadn't lost their two or three best centre-backs for the for the majority of the season, then they probably wouldn't be in this position, would they? So yeah. just, I wonder what your what your take is on, on that, really. Yeah, I think that I, when it comes to the VAR stuff, this is where I get, I have a, a, a few issues with it because I think every team at some point in the season has had VAR go against them. You'll get decisions yeah. for, you'll get decisions against. Yes, there'll be some seasons where certain teams might get more against them more for them etc etc so I don't I don't really get really hooked up on these you know like the the decision on the weekend I'm not going to go oh we lost the game because of VAR um it's I disagree happen. with that yeah I think it's going to happen I think yeah sure it had an impact but a team of Liverpool's quality should be able to bounce back from that in my opinion um and so I think it's I think you've got to take all of them at the same time into consideration it's not one thing it's not you know it's it's everything all together so yes in VAR had an impact in that particular moment a lack of confidence because of that meant that they didn't react to that particular moment the injuries in the squad has you know led to the fact that there is no confidence because obviously performances have 
have reduced because of the fact of, of the injury. So I think it, it's it's everything together. And I think you can't look at something in isolation. But in terms of the injuries, of course, people are talking about Liverpool's injuries a lot more than other teams because one, they're the champions. Two, they're one of the biggest clubs in world football. And if Barcelona lost Lionel Messi, you'd be talking about it every single week. Virgil van Dijk is, yeah. is, is, is the equivalent. He's the, he's the best centre-back in the world. If you lose the best player in the world in that position, in any team, of course it's going to affect you. And I think this this is the thing. You know, I, I was praising Leicester after the weekend because they picked up another good result. And they've had loads and loads of injuries to key players. You know, the likes of James Madison, Jamie Vardy, Cagnesayanchu, etc. But... Mm-hmm. Aside from perhaps Jamie Vardy, those type of players, they don't take a team from being champions to a team being top four. Virgil van Dijk takes a team from being top four to champions. We saw that when he came. Um, you know, there's proof of that. That that's that's a fact. You know, and I think I think that's that's the slight difference. Um, I think other teams, of course, can complain saying yes, we've had injuries as well. But as I say, it's. I think it's it's a it's it, you know it's a culmination of everything all at once, and I think that's what's happened with Liverpool. It's just happened all at once. So um, no, I wouldn't look at it in isolation. No, I don't think it's an excuse. I just think it is a it's a collect a collective of, of explanations as to perhaps why Liverpool haven't been as good this season as, as they were last season. I think what you just said there about the Messi thing is the only thing I've ever said about this injury situation. City lost Laporte last season. And everyone excused their title charge. Liverpool lost Van Dijk and every other available centre back, and people <laughs> still don't take the excuse. Um, and, and the one thing I've said is throughout the entire season, if I take Bruno out of United's team, they're now they're now a, a, a top eight team. If I take mm-hmm. um, and City probably is an ever so slight exception. But if I take Diaz out, City are probably in the similar sort of situation to what they were last year, despite Laporte being there. Um, if I take Vardy out of Leicester, we've seen what happens to them without Vardy. They only lost him for three weeks. I have no idea how this geezer came back from a hernia up in three weeks. and never never seen anyone do it. But if you just take out... It's all the, that Red Bull. Yeah, if you, <laughs> if you take out the linchpin in any, any team, we've seen it last yeah. season, and we've seen it season after season after season. And Roy Keane, who said Liverpool are bad title, title content, title... Uh, bad champions. Bad champions. Bad there champions. we go. Yeah, yeah, Emma's definitely not been sleeping well since he said that. <laughs> <laughs> um, there was a, there was a little piece on when Rio Ferdinand got injured for United and United went to defend the title. And that following season, United capitulated. And Roy Keane said, "We lost Rio halfway through the season. That killed us." Liverpool have lost Van Dyke since the start of the season, so I, I won't hear it that it's not a proper excuse. It, excuse is the wrong word. It's a reason. It's a it's a it's an actual yeah. reason as to why Liverpool aren't competing for the title. I mean, that's what I'm saying, really. There is, a, there is a sort of very clear distinction between excuses and just genuine explanations for things. Yeah. And it has been, you know, whatever, it has been three years of, like, almost perfection from Liverpool. So at some point, there has to naturally be this this drop-off. But I think just the way that football is now and the discussion of football as it is on, on, on Twitter and on social media and the way that, you know, um, that TV oft- often panders to that, is that it, they just want they want sound bites they want keen to say things like bad champions because there is this there is this scrutiny on the game that they have to create talking points and everything even if it's you know like you said with united you know they've struggled in the past when they've lost a key player same with arsenal same with chelsea same with man city and it's just it's just it's just noise for the sake of noise really so it, it does it does annoy me a bit but at the end of the day it's not been it's not been a good season for liverpool has it Perds? no and look that roy keen comment has done 
like exactly what they wanted it to do because we're talking yeah. about it you just said you're annoyed i'm annoyed we're all annoyed <laughs> so it's played out to perfection for them um on our situation anyway let's leave routine aside we were going to have a drop off anyway just because of the state of the season with no fans just because we've been going out flat out for three years so we were going to drop anyway plus all these injuries which are a reason the reason not an excuse not a reason the reason as to why we've dropped off even more and yet we're still fourth and we're still within six points a second. Like I know I'm not aiming for second, I'm just aiming for top four, but we're still in there and we've basically lost every game for two months. It's crazy. We're actually good champions. Yeah. Considering the circumstances, mm. we're good champions. All right. Nice to have that confirmed birds. We'll <laughs> take a quick break there. And when we come back, we'll talk about the upcoming game against RB Leipzig and the Merseyside Derby at the weekend. Support for the Gig and Press podcast is brought to you by Manscaped, who are the best in below-the-waist grooming. That's right, Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. And on the Gig and Press, we have an exclusive offer for listeners that's 20% off, plus free shipping with the code 90min20 at manscaped.com. So Manscaped has created the best-in-class ball hair trimmer ever. Yep, that's right, I said ball hair trimmer. It is the Lawnmower 3.0, which features cutting-edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents. Ouch, thanks to their advanced skin-safe technology. In addition, this trimmer comes with an LED light for more precise shave and is waterproof so you know you can take it in the shower don't use the same trimmer you use on your face as on your balls come on that's just not cool is it the lawnmower 3.0 comes inside their brand new perfect package 3.0 which comes with everything you need to keep trimmed cut free and smelling nice down there so yeah trim your junk get 20% off plus free shipping with the code 90min20 at manscaped.com that's 20% off plus free shipping with the code 90min and the number 20 at manscaped.com. Okay, now back to the episode. Okay, so next up, it is RB Leipzig. Uh, it is the away leg, but it is, of course, in Budapest. Is this actually good respite for Liverpool, given the circumstances? It's a break from the Premier League. Can this competition, can the Champions League help us get back on track? Or are we sort of viewing this as a bit of an unnecessary distraction from the real goal of, of making the top four and sorting out domestic form? Emma, I'll, I'll go to you on that one. How do you see the importance of the Champions League now for Liverpool? Yeah, I think it is a good distraction. Um, I think I said this last week, actually. I think I just think it's good for the team to have a different focus, different environment, just a different competition to to look forward to where, you know, they haven't got the, the weekly grind of the Premier League and constantly looking at the table and, you know, looking at it as, as three points. I think I think it's just good to go and play a bit of knockout football. Um, obviously, Liverpool Football Club loves the Champions League. Um, and in terms of its importance, I think it is now absolutely vital um, that we have a good run in the Champions League because it's the only trophy, really, realistically, Liverpool have still got to pay for. Um, and... I think, you know, to reach the semi-finals at least of the Champions League would be such a huge boost that, um, you know, chances of then qualifying for the Champions League the year after in terms of whether that be either winning the competition or getting into the top four of the Premier League would be helped by the momentum that the team, you know, would have built if, if they can go far in the Champions League. So I think it's vitally important and I think it's a good distraction and it's perfect timing just before Moosai Derby. Hmm. 
Rambo, how are you seeing this game? Obviously, Leipzig are, are a good team now. They've become one of the sort of the proper European heavyweights over the last couple of years, Champions League semi-finalists. Do you still see Liverpool as, as favourites going into this game, given everything? Um, well, I mean, Leip- Leipzig's form has been pretty decent. I've, I think they've won like five of the last seven. Um, but they're having mm. a similar sort of... I th- everyone thought they were going to compete with Bayern this year, and that somehow every team in Bundesliga, as soon as they get close to Bayern, capitulates. Um, I don't know what's <laughs> going on there. And sells them their players. <laughs> yeah, 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 literally. They're, they're capitulating and selling them their centre-back. But that's yeah. just Bundesliga for you. Um, I think... Uh, I wouldn't say Liverpool are favourites as such, but Liverpool love competition football, uh, and in particular mm. Champions League. So... And Klopp loves Europe. It's just a thing. And it, he has done since he's come to Liverpool. So I actually think he's probably going to be saying, like, let's just try and secure top four. So I think the way the season is this season, you, all you need is a, a run of five or six games. Like Thomas Tuchel, if he gets Chelsea to win the next four, Chelsea will look like title contenders again. And United will fall. It's just been that sort of season. So you can get away with being quite out of form in the Premier League. In, in the Champions League, I think it probably helps that it's in a random location. I think, like, as weird as it sounds, I think the boys are probably going to benefit from a little trip to Budapest for, like, two or three days just to get away from the noise. Because in England, there's just a lot of noise on Liverpool. When they, when you go play Champions mm-hmm. League football, it's just a case of, can we can we do it on this one night? And and I think the Liverpool players have the talent to do it on a one-night sort of occasion. Um, so I, I think... If I'm honest, like I'm looking at the Champions League and we're not in form, and I don't, I'm not sure we're going to win it. But if there's ever a chance for anyone to win it, like Man City this season, must be smelling blood because the only team in Europe at the moment that's currently banging form is Atletico Madrid, and Bayern are top of Bundesliga, but there's nothing new there, and they do, they do look out of shape. Um, Real Madrid are not at it at all. Barca just have Messi. Like, it's getting even more absurd how they just have Messi. Um, and then that leaves probably Man City, Atletico, the two most informed teams in Europe. And Man City don't really have the European pedigree. I don't know how it happens every year, but they'll be unbelievable in the league and then have a nosebleed in the Champions League. So a part of me is thinking Liverpool should also be smelling blood here. Liverpool should be going, you know, having a really bad Premier League season. But if we go and get Champions League final, whether we win or lose, people will go four seasons. That team got Champions League final, won the Champions League, won the Premier League and made the Champions League final and all without Virgil van Dijk. It, it paints the season in a completely different picture um, because in Europe, I mean, we just have to avoid Atletico Madrid. Now, that, now, saying that, <laughs> we we'll probably draw them next round and then it's over. But oh, as long as we avoid them, that. we might be okay. Uh, I mean, I'm starting to believe now. Perds, what you're saying, that'd be great, wouldn't it? Come on, Champions League oh, 2021. Please. You having it? Yeah, well, look, if we take the Champions League in isolation, we smashed the group. Like, we were insane. 5-0 away to mm-hmm. Atalanta. Like, it feels like it's a separate Liverpool. Like, it's a clean slate. We can go again off the back of what... Cause we had Ajax in that group as well. That was like the group of death and we smashed it like with ease. We could afford to lose to Atalanta at home, I think was our last game. We just, yeah, whatever, didn't care because we'd smashed it so well. So going into this one, I think our our spirits will be lifted. I, I, I hope we see the old Liverpool. Like this is what we should look like now because I think, yeah, getting away from the noise, like Rambo said, will, will really do us a world of good and back in that focus of with... We're one of the best teams in Europe and potentially the best still. Leipzig are actually top of the Bundesliga on home form. So, Emma, is this help then that this is in a neutral venue, essentially? I mean, away goals are still going to count, but it's not really a home fixture for Leipzig. Yeah, it's all a bit bonkers, really, isn't it? That someone could actually (laughs) not go through. I think it was John Gibbons from the Anfield Rap who tweeted yesterday saying that somebody could be disqualified from the Champions League on away goals after actually not playing away, um, yeah. <laughs> which is just really weird. 
Um, yeah, I can't quite get my head around the whole home and away thing. Um, I've kind of said from the beginning of the season that I don't understand home and away form with no fans. To me, there's not much in it. Yes, you can talk about you know, feeling at home in terms of the changing rooms and having your own routine and lack of travel. But I mean, for me, like elite professional footballers, those kind of little details, I don't think really makes a massive difference. So um, yeah, in terms of home form going into this game, I'm, I'm not really taking much notice of it, to be honest with you. Yeah, with the way everything's been switched around, I mean, there's some games that are being played both legs in neutral venues and it looks like that might continue. Rambo, would you have just preferred to have seen this done the same way as last season, almost, where you just have single leg uh, yeah, fixtures all in all in one 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 location? I don't really. I, I prefer the two legged affairs, hundred percent. I know, like there's a, there was yeah. a little there's a little feeling last year where the one legged affairs were entertaining, but for, if once my team is in the competition, now I don't want the one legged affair because it's not fun anymore. It's fun <laughs> to watch like two random teams take each other out. Um, it's too much jeopardy, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, and yeah. it could and, all and, just... and the two the two legged ties, you know, have been amazing anyway for the past yeah. couple of years. So it was like yeah. it wasn't like it it wasn't good before. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The the home and away thing. I mean. Like Emma said, like I don't actually think it even matters now. Like if Leipzig were coming to Anfield, we've seen that Anfield isn't a fortress without football fans, and like Leipzig's home mm-hmm. form uh, looks really good. But I don't know how much of a difference. It probably depends on other teams' away form, if that makes sense, and who's actually been there. So um, the home and away thing, I think, makes absolutely no difference to any team. No team's going to get an advantage because you're going to play in Budapest, so it's extremely random. The only way it works is if you're like a Spanish team and you're going to have to play in like minus 15 in Russia, but like, that's just not going to yeah. happen. So, um, yeah, I also don't like the one. I don't want the one-legged affairs back ever again. Um, I like them for a bit. I absolutely hate the idea of playing Leipzig and going, ah, oh, God, it could end here today. Like, I, don't, I don't want it to <laughs> yeah, work like exactly. that. Exactly. <laughs> um, well... It's not the only important game this weekend. It's kind of a, well, I've said this a lot recently. It's kind of a make or break week for Liverpool then. Leipzig midweek, Everton at the weekend. Herds, is this is this the chance that we need to turn things around? Or are you looking at this going, bloody hell, let's just get through this? Look, Leipzig is far more important in my mind than this Everton. Yeah? Yeah, yeah. Um, because... <laughs> I've just lost all faith in the Premier League, to be honest. Like, <laughs> if we lose, I won't be surprised. If we draw, whatever. I just will. Will we win? I can't see it. I can't see us winning again. Unfortunately. Sorry to bring the mood. Whatever. Down. <laughs> well, I, I, honestly, I, was I can't. Say, I was unless, like, unless it's against Leipzig, I can see us beating Leipzig. But this Everton game is just like it's a real burden in the week because it's not. It's just not going to go well again. In my head. Okay, well, Purdson, sticking with you, how would you like to see the team lineups play out then for the next couple of games? Are you picking a particularly strong eleven or as strong as possible, given the injuries for well, for Leipzig? Andy, we have no options. Did you see? Did you see the bench <laughs> on the weekend? It was. Yeah, horrendous. you were on there, weren't you? Yeah, <laughs> I should have been. We had Nico Williams, Reese Williams, Nat Phillips, Leighton Clarkson, and Quivine Kelleher making up five mm. of our bench, which is just horrendous options not that they're bad players but options How to come off you? the bench options to come off the bench they're not game changers are they that's not we have no one so we're gonna have to play the exact same 11 that we played against um leicester except milner's injured without, obviously Another yeah i was injury. gonna say without james yeah. milner there you go so without james milner someone else i'll right. we'll slot him in again uh well the obvious question then is is what's your center back 
pairing then, Poets? Who would you go with against Leipzig? I mean, there's not really, you can't really talk about counteracting specific threats, I guess. I guess it's just whoever's fit and available. But are you saying that we stick with Quebec and Henderson then for that game? Where's Fabinho at? What's he doing nowadays? Is he back? I don't, I don't think Who he's knows? back for this game. No, okay, then yeah. yeah. I think Kabak. he's a doubt. Kabak and Henderson. Henderson was actually pulling the strings from centre-back, pinging him over the top of it. Uh, against Leicester, so he actually played quite well. So yeah, but that's our He's only done option. Well. It's our only option. <laughs> Kabak and Henderson now, I think. Uh, Emma, you want to invent any other possible partnerships that we could? I think was it we're up to seventeen partnerships now in central defence this season. Yeah, yeah, I I, I think it will be the same. Um, I I agree with Perds. I actually think Henderson's probably been off the top of my head our best player of the season again. Um, Maybe, uh, apart from maybe Curtis Jones, you could say, yeah, Jota before he was injured. Um, yeah, yeah Salah, I, just, I think it's probably, but yeah, I think, um, I, th- I think Henderson's just gonna have to start there, isn't he? Because Fabinho doesn't look like he's gonna be fit. Um, I think it would make no sense whatsoever to you know bring that Phillips in again after starting Kabak on the weekend because Klopp clearly wants to, to you know start building that partnership because I actually thought he would have started with Nat Phillips and Henderson on the weekend so. Um, the fact that he did go with Kabak to me suggests that he wants to start, you know, get, getting those two together for a couple of games. So, um, yeah, I think I agree with Perth. Um, Leipzig, you've got to play the strongest eleven that's absolutely possible. Um, and then, you know, hopefully take some confidence from that game if you can get a win and take that into Everton. And if you can play another strong eleven against Everton, then then do that. But who knows? <laughs> Yeah, and fairly unbelievably, Ben Davis has come in and immediately got an injury as well. So he's no. fitting in well at Liverpool. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Burst didn't know. You've just I ruined his morning. It was ruined anyway. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to lie, by the way. I, I would actually... Um, I don't know how this gets fixed, but I would actually play Henderson in midfield. I think we need, we need to start playing on the front foot. And Thiago needs to a rest. Thiago's knackered, man. Like... Uh, this is a complete. Yeah. There's another debate that we can do, go on, go on about for days. But he's struggling to settle in because he's shattered. Um, even when he come on on the weekend, it almost looked like he didn't want to come on because he was like, "Oh, bro, this is my day, this is my day off." <laughs> um, <laughs> he's like, "I just put the bins out for today, and that's it." Um, I, 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 I just feel like we have to start playing on the front foot. I understand Henderson at centre back because he's athletic and he's a leader, but um, um, may, maybe not against. Uh, Leipzig, but I think against Everton, I'd play Phillips and uh, Kabak at centre back and put Henderson in midfield because I think uh, Everton have got a bit of energy in midfield now with Tom Davis in a bit of form, but they're also really erratic. And um, F- Calvert Lewin isn't going to give us too much trouble running in behind. Richarlison might be so out of form, and Phillips can deal. So Phillips dealt with Kane, so he can deal with someone who's going to be an aerial presence. Calvert Lewin's unbelievable in the air, so I just need to see Henderson back in midfield. We need legs in midfield. And we need intensity in midfield because we're so slow in the middle. So slow. Don't get me started. Let's just keep it moving. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I think we all agree, really. It's something we've all wanted to see is Henderson back in that midfield three as soon as possible. I'm up for that. I'm up for Phillips and Quebec, but really I'm just sort of running out of ideas here. So anything, get get Perds in there, please. Perds and Emma centre back (laughs) for the next game. I'm all about it. Uh, just before we go, then let's get predictions for for both games. I mean, Emma, I'll start with you. What what are you saying? Uh, so I'll go positive first and say I think I think Liverpool will get that win against Leipzig, um, which I think will be so important for their confidence. Um, I think I think the Everton. I think it'll be another rubbish draw. We 
always tend to draw with Everton. So, uh, which I think will be, I think that'll be a fine result, to be honest. Um, I'd take a draw if we get mm-hmm. a result against Leipzig. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to go win, draw. Any scores you want to put on that? Go on, be brave. Uh, okay, I'll go 2-1 Leipzig. Uh, nil-nil, no side derby. All right, nice. Ramba, what are you saying? I'm winning two draws. I think it'll be 1-1 against Leipzig, 2-2 against Everton. Um, don't see us losing to Everton. Don't see us losing to Leipzig. Don't see us beating Everton. Don't see us beating Leipzig. I've got two draws. <laughs> hey, as long as we get that away goal in Budapest, yeah. that's all that matters. That's all we need. Uh, Perds, go on then. Give us some optimism then to close the show. Yeah, smash Leipzig 3-0 and we'll nip off 1-0. Uh, Leipzig, Leipzig are really good, man. Nah, not against us. This, this is what's going to happen on Thursday <laughs> morning. You're going, to be, you're going to be in tears because you would have thought we are going to batter Leipzig 3-0. <laughs> right, well, yeah. uh, all right, we'll lose to Leipzig and we'll lose to everything. <laughs> Let's do it. No, I'm, I'm, it I'm loving that, Perds. Stick with that. Yeah, I, I feel like I can go and attack the rest of the day now. <laughs> 3-0 Leipzig, 1-0 Everton. Yes. Origi brought out, especially for Everton. Oh, yeah, yeah, off the no. bar, nod it in. Is Pickford injured? Because <laughs> I'd love to see him play. Uh, I'm not know. sure what's up with Pickford. But yeah, hopefully he is back. Yeah. And, well, hopefully uh, this time next week we are discussing two wonderful Perds predicted wins. Uh, but that is all we've got time for this week. Uh, thank you so much for listening to the Gagan Press. If you can, please drop us a review wherever you get your podcast. It'd be very much appreciated. Subscribe if you haven't already and you've enjoyed what you heard. Uh, Perds and I were doing a little mini pod on Thursday uh, to probably do a bit more crying about the Leipzig game after it's happened. And then we'll be back again on Monday to talk through uh, the Everton game and everything else that's happened in the week. Uh, it is goodbye from me, Andrew Headspeeth, then. Uh, Emma, say goodbye. Goodbye. Perds, give us some more optimism in a very big, happy goodbye. Goodbye. I can't wait to see you all next time. Lovely stuff. And Rambo, thank you very much for joining us. It's been a pleasure, man. Uh, say goodbye. Um, I'm very excited for the second coming of Virgil van Dijk. See you in a bit. <laughs> <laughs> and on that positive note, it is goodbye. See you next week. Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com amazing to start your springtime adventure. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.